In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witness. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. Everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. We're going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ensigns Podcast. I'm Blaine. And I'm Sam. And today we are going to talk about headaches. Yep. You may have noticed that several weeks ago, we aired a podcast with the author Annie Grace, The Alcohol Experiment, Mindful Drinking. And one of the alarming things that happened while we were recording that episode was I started thinking about caffeine. And my no, Blaine, don't do it. Coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually, know, the ball just starts rolling down those other relationships we have with things. What happened was I went, oh, I've always identified as a fast metabolizer and had really hard caffeine crashes in the middle of the morning. Mm-hmm. And I went, I think that my life might be better without those. So driven by a hedonistic impulse, I went, I'll stop drinking coffee for a while and I'll just observe how I feel. And maybe I will feel better for more of the day and more creative for more of the day, et cetera, et cetera. More joy is always a strong motivator. And less headaches. (laughs) And less headaches. Well, what happened was that I got like 10 days into this experiment and was still getting caffeine headaches. And I went into this rabbit trail of reading scientific papers about compounds in coffee and what it is that caffeine interacts with in your brain that causes the sensation of alertness and going into, why is this? And... The really intriguing thing was, it was two weeks before I actually asked the question, wait, what if some of this is actually spiritual? (laughs) Right. You just sort of assumed that it was a caffeine headache and it could have been any number of things, which is something I actually was asking you about earlier this morning of like, have your, have your joints been more stiff recently working in hard surfaces, standing up, working in lawn chairs, just feeling like this interesting pressure these days. And you go like, yeah, no, it is. I'm like, okay. So when I get a headache, which I totally do, like, I don't know, every day, my brain starts going through that as well. Like all these assumptions of, is this because I didn't have my coffee yet today? Is it because I had too much coffee today? Is it because I need another cup of coffee? Is this because I had too much sugar yesterday? Is this because I slept on my neck wrong? Is this connected to the joints thing? And it takes a while before I get to, oh, and as in my afterthought, is this spiritual? 
Yes. And the problem being, as people who are a spirit, soul, and body, we have always had a diagnosis problem where you get a headache and the impulse, just as you said, headaches being our example for right now, the impulse is to go, well, gosh, let me look at the varied parts of my physical experience and go, am I sleeping enough? Am I hydrated? How's my nutrition? What about my mobility? How's my posture? Okay, well, I ran yesterday. Did I recover long enough? And, and all that stuff is helpful. But when we ignore or fail to think about the two-thirds part of our experience that is soul and spirit, we actually lose this massive transformative power. Yeah, 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 yeah. And coupled with how poor we are at gauging our own bodies, it's like we don't even have any of the three. Have you ever played any of those RPG games where you're a character in a world? They have this wonderful tool for you to know how your character is doing physically. It's like, you have been poisoned. You need an antidote. Or you are thirsty. You have to drink water. Or you are low on stamina. And it's like, can I have that? Can somebody just like give me that for even like the one of the dimensions of spirit, soul, body, like I would be super helpful. You are tired because you are experiencing warfare. Like, oh, that would be so, so nice. You are tired because you have been having super erratic <laughs> exactly. bedtimes. Do you remember the game Fable? Yeah, of course I do. Not really an RPG. It was like a closed world, open world, epic game back in the day. And it, it was big for its time, but I remember you'd be running along and then the voice would come into the game and go, Hero, your will energy is low. Do you have any potions of food? And I'm like, wow, can you imagine living that? You're like, you know, go through your day and then this voice is just like, Hero. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, just being called Hero from the heavens would be pretty exactly. sweet. Your spirit is tired. Do you have any worship songs or nature that you have access to? <laughs> Hero, this isn't actually about the caffeine. You could probably stop exactly. this experiment now if you wanted to. This is complicated by podcasts that we record that I really love that are about information like, hey, there's soil bacteria that your body needs. But the unfortunate thing is, is it can add a layer of oh my gosh, I just have to keep mastering my physical experience and I'm probably Someone's going to discover that humans were made to rub on trees for at least two hours a day. And I'm sorry, when you when you say rub on trees, you mean like a like a bear? I like a bear with like your doing back. the, the yeah. booty dance, like in the nature videos. Exactly. Has a human being ever done that for two hours? I don't know, but I'm just saying it feels like that could happen. Where they would go, new science indicates ten thousand year old fossil evidence says. If you don't have acai berries with breakfast, you're dying slowly. Yes, exactly. Spoiler, yes, you are. <laughs> you are dying slowly. Or actually, is your flesh dying away as you are growing into eternal life? There's another question. So how do you figure out what the heck is going on? We thought it'd be helpful to have a real-time conversation of, yeah, what are some of the diagnostic tools that we use in the course of a day to actually identify what it is we're feeling. Yep, totally. So for you life coaches out there, 
Sorry that we're sort of hijacking some of this from you because I assume that the average person has none of these tools, that the Anson's audience actually has a bunch of these tools and we just forget to use them. I've got all these great tools on my workbench and I don't remember the last time I used 80% of them, but that's not what they're there for. They're there in case I need them and we need these. So we're at a time of social isolation that we are now ending. I don't know what time in the future this podcast is going to be aired, but one of like the categories for me is the social aspect of the maybe it's not you, which is really helpful because everything is about me. Like all of the reasons we listed so far about like why I have a headache, they're all my fault, whether it's my body and things I did do or didn't do, or my personal warfare I have or haven't taken on and dealt with that day, that year, that whatever. But that's also missing the blind spot of other people, which is a massive blind spot. And I think I mentioned this one before, but we're hosting some gatherings in our house. I could tell you when a certain family was coming over because we would get into a fight and I was like, oh my gosh, I bet you this certain family is coming over and this isn't actually us. We're picking up on some of the stuff swirling around their life. And like they would come and it would be this massive source of uh, equal parts relief and blame that I would feel. I'm like, yes, I knew it's not me. And also you did this to me. You made my morning horrible. And it's like, okay, these are both pretty poor reactions. Like there could be like a third of using that data to either intervene for them or better fight off what you're feeling. That's one of my tools. The tool is this question. Maybe this isn't me. And if not, where is this particular emotion, experience coming from? It's so good. Your life coach thing reminded me too of the basic practice that I am growing into is just remembering and then re-remembering and then re-re-remembering over and over to ask questions or to be asked questions about my experience. And it's hard to do this for yourself, but you can, or you can do it writing on a piece of paper. It was somebody in our family that had something for like decades and they just assumed that was everybody else's experience because they never asked the question, is this normal? Yes. There was a very (laughs) spiritually intense prophetic gal I knew for a long time who would see like, crazy color around some people, but because it was her experience, she like never asked about it until she was in middle school. They, the family figured out, wait, what are you talking about? And then, wait, you don't see that? And, oh, what are you seeing? And, oh, wow, you, you probably have a particular prophetic gift. That's fun. Yeah, actually, you're not the only one. Anyway, you forget to ask. <laughs> and so there's a fascinating insistence across the Bible that interacting with people has spiritual consequences, and we can really deprecate the Old Testament. Hey, don't intermarry with those people because they will lead you astray. But we'll sort of miss the point that it actually gets carried on into the New Testament of Paul going like, hey, there are occasions when you have to aggressively regulate who you are exposing yourself to for an important reason, which is that the kingdom of God functions on authority. The whole spiritual realm functions on authority. And different spiritual powers have different levels of authority to operate in different people's lives. 
there was a thing that, again, good old Tim Mackey turned me on to that I'd missed forever in Deuteronomy, where the numbering of the nations is taking place. Moses, in this throwaway line, uh, mentions like, oh, yeah, and, you know, the 70 nations, each of them with their spirit over them. And you go, pause, wait. There are established, depraved spiritual beings with authority over tribes of people. Wait. Hang on. That's a thing. How do we get to depraved spiritual beings from coffee? It's a slippery slope. This is deeply concerning. This is kind of like the breakdown where I like to think of this channel as being like my favorite YouTube channel, VFX artist, React, Sean Corridor Crew. But this is uh, Disciples of Jesus React. And so we have to name the experience and then unpack how it happens. And we go, oh, that thing where a family's coming over, or you interact with a person, and then you feel terrible afterwards. Why? Okay, so a person has an arena in which their will is done. And where their will is done, where they wield authority, they can open or close the spiritual realm to all kinds of things. And foul spirits also can operate where they have authority. And when you interact with someone who... There, who is just plagued by fear. There is, so, there is fear that operates every day in their life. When you come away, simply because of that rubbing up against one another, I keep using rubbing in this podcast. I mean, I'm, it's the texture of my plywood desk. Yeah, uh, the tree, the, yeah. You may find some of their experience of fear lingering in your life and have to exercise the practice of, oh, I think this is uh, Patrico's fear. And so... <laughs> Way to choose somebody that isn't anybody. <laughs> so I bless Patrico, in Jesus' name, and I just proclaim over him that he already has been blessed in Jesus with every spiritual blessing. And I do, you know... Just enforce that the cross of Christ has canceled every connection outside Jesus between us and that none of the warfare that attacks him has permission to come against me. That is extremely helpful. Yeah, there's actually been times when Susie and I have reflected on a piece of the breastplate of St. Patrick where he just begins naming like what people will experience who people experience when they're directed towards him. And it's Jesus over and over again. Like a, this is his form of Jesus is between me and every person in every way. And you're like, wait, okay, hang on. How far back does this go? Like this, this is actually amazingly helpful and is a piece of, uh, even the, the one minute pause app of that, giving everyone and everything, there's a caring dimension, but then there's also the access dimension that having somebody around, intervening for them, bringing them into your home, things that are good and that we should be doing will just carry some ramifications that are also dealt with if you want to deal with that. Oh, yes. Working down the spiritual decision tree of, you mentioned while we were chatting about this podcast that back in the high school days... <laughs> dad would insist that a person address their spirit, their soul, and their body and go, you have a headache? 
for sure take Advil or hydrate or do something and pray and worship like and connect and and it was just this oh yeah so in when i ask when i remember to ask often after days of some kind of difficulty oh is this spiritual or physical it's almost always both <laughs> and to go okay so great mm. well what should i do about the physical dimension and then i you know you can address that, which is a bit easier, and go, okay, oh, spiritual, all right. Is this me or is this someone else? This is like one of the great tools in human experience is differentiation. (laughs) Right, which is why when it's all just us, it's all just our solitary experience, it can be really disorienting and really unhelpful and really like trapping. My gosh. I know. I'm struck as we move on that our advice suggests that you have to kind of radically slow down. And that's just true. When I think about what it takes M&I to sort out a problem, it's not fast. And you do have to live a little bit slower (laughs) in order to love your life more, stay united with Jesus, be a person of power. So... Right. This is where it's like kind of life coachy of like, are you asking questions? Are you paying attention? Are you slowing down? But then you take it down some and sends you rabbit trails. And if if there's things already that are you're like, wow, that's really curious. I want to know more about that thing. Um, I would follow that curiosity. Like if it's if there's something in your mind going, ding, like that could be the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, you should probably check out more about that because we're just doing a very light touch on these things. There's a degree of like the heart soul category with grief where you may have forgotten what anniversary it is in your calendar, but something of your your soul or your heart knows and you'll be going through a week heavier and under things and you'll just be feeling not quite yourself when it takes a little while for you to realize, oh, I'm coming up on the, or somehow the very day of a death or, or a change or a loss or some something traumatic is here. I'm guessing most of us have experienced that. And to go like, this is a very real category of you as you're trying to pay attention to your other dimensions. Oh, yes. Or even next week is the week that I'm starting up that new guys group. Right. You're you're talking about the what is happening one. And oh yeah. Okay. Can we, can we just tease this one out a little bit more? I just, I want to like, let's just break the fourth wall a little bit. Um, for anyone that thinks that recording this podcast is easy or simple, or surely they're able to do it because X, which I have heard both sides of surely you can't because X and surely you can because X like, bah. I had a conversation with a guy last week who is wanting to pursue the arena of contending for men's hearts. And I just like in kindness, cause he was very young was like, Hey, okay, this is an awesome arena and totally worth jumping into. And if you think it's going to be easy, like that would just be unkind to go. So many of these podcasts start out with what's going on. Who am I? Who are you? Do like, what page are we on? Are we okay? Who's God? And the amount of days that we've had to push back recordings because it's like, okay, we're going to jump in and contend in this arena. If you think that's just simple and straightforward and easy, 
Mm. <laughs> Indeed, yes. And can we say so much application for you, friends and listeners? What we were talking about is that every move in the direction of greater life and joy will be opposed. And the next one is that when you begin engaging people unto love, very complicated spiritual repercussions sometimes unfold. And without any, oh gosh, what's going to happen to me? It's helpful to know so that you can navigate them. So when we go, wow, it's a weird day. Oh, wait, we just rolled out that podcast on proclaiming the gospel out of proclaiming your life. And that's one that has a high level of missional potential. So let's keep the work of Christ between us and our work. The work belongs to God. And nope, that's a possession of Jesus. It's really his deal. So I just forbid any of the backlash to come against me. I remain in the boundary lines Jesus has set for me. But this would apply, man, oh, I just sent that really important work memo about our company culture or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Oh, it's I have my weekly phone call tomorrow. Is this part of that? Or, oh my gosh, this is the day that my grandfather passed away. And while we weren't very close... My family is really grieving today, and maybe I'm feeling some of my family's grief. Like, it, mm. it's just remarkable how I can overlook the building blocks of human experience, including the very first question, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> right. We've had this conversation around joy a lot of times, of joy being opposed, life being like good changes being opposed. The secular world all about this. If you haven't read Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, that's a very non-spiritualized understanding of like, you want to do anything good, you are going to be fought. And then shift that category to you want to do something for the kingdom, whether that's intervening for your family or trying to make a business decision that's going to be ethical and, and help somebody and grow and change in order to like operate in a new space. Like if you think joy is opposed, how much more when you make decisions like that, you're going to be like, wow, you know, I just kind of thought that writing this book that is supposed to like heal people's hearts was, was going to be like a passion project. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Let's go back to that voice from the heavens. Hero, yeah, your yeah. stamina is low. This is Hero, your worldview is low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a little asterisk point here. Uh, when it goes, man, why? But why is everything difficult? Is to go, okay, on the spiritual sense, your enemy knows some things, but he doesn't know everything. Had the rulers of this world known, they would have never killed the Son of Man, right? You watch the kingdom of darkness in its response to movements of God. And one thing you notice is that the enemy doesn't know in particular what's happening, where it's like, oh my gosh, there's been a birth in Bethlehem. Well, kill them all. 
well, whatever foul spirits were asking that particular question prompted further, Herod might not have asked only, hey, where's this savior supposed to be born? And be like, Bethlehem. Okay, process of elimination. What household is he supposed to be born into? Uh, he's going to be born into the household of David. Okay, so which of those is the descendant of David? Only Joseph? Okay, that's the Messiah. Get him. <laughs> no, the, the enemy knows some things, but not everything. The enemy knows that your life has a calling, and he has probably a better understanding than you do of the significance of your destiny in God's restoration project. So he attacks everything. (laughs) It might not be this business, but it's going to be the next one. It might not be this moment engaging your friend, but sometime in the next three months, a breakthrough is going to happen that's going to change your friend's life. So he's just going to attack it all. So going, this can't be the enemy because this thing is not that important fails to take into account that the enemy doesn't know which things are important. He knows that your life is important. And so it's just, okay, well, just go after everything. And so we know we'll hit it and you can pray in view of that fact. Uh, that's super good. That's that's very helpful because there can be the unhelpful rabbit trail of uh, the enemy knows too targeted and therefore it can make you feel a little bit paranoid and skittish and like the, the specific thing. And it may very well be the specific thing when we do an event. It's like, okay, no, this is, this is a contending for an event. Uh, if it's a certain counseling session, you're like, no, this is a big conversation. This carries weight. But beyond those moments where you know it's an important moment, like in the everyday, the everyday can get slammed, man. Then there's those like, have I asked the question again? I'm like, okay, how am I, how am I feeling about this person? And what do I know to be true? Like, why is it that when my Wednesday night guys group is coming around, like I never want to go. Why do I never want to go? When I'm there, it's actually really good. And I often leave really having enjoyed the time. I like, I, I like the guys. Okay. So the math doesn't add up to the right feeling. Therefore, maybe this is more than just me. Maybe there's something that is good or there's a potential, maybe not in this particular gathering, but down the road, like you mentioned, that's like, this is worth fighting for and, and throwing in for. And the guy will like, okay, ask those questions. Like, what is this? Is this actually me when the math it doesn't actually add up? I mean, it's super helpful to go like, eh, it might not be tonight. And it might not be you, but there are high stakes. Absolutely. An addendum to the, is this physical? Is this spiritual? Is this mine? Is this someone else? Oh, this is someone else. I regularly fail to ask the question, why am I feeling this? I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is Scrungus's warfare? Well, back to Scrungus's life with you. And no, like he has canceled the claim of our legal indebtedness and all the things that regulate our relationships with people without asking, wait, why am I feeling this warfare? Because sometimes, sometimes Jesus is just trying to give you data about a person and letting you experience what they are under so that the next time you relate and they're talking about their life, you go, oh, I know, I know, actually. Yeah. That crushing weight on your chest. Yep. I felt it. I'm really sorry. That's really tough. Let's go into that together. Sometimes it's for intercession. Sometimes it's just to be cut off, but it's worth asking the question. All right. The next one. One that I forget about all the time, we recently, you know, you heard us hopefully have a conversation about 
blessing and cursing. And maybe you listened to the Ransom Tart series on Envy way back in the day. But one thing is your everyday interactions with people. And for example, you know, if you, I'm going to, I just am so convinced this one has happened to you. I'm going to pitch it your way and go, hey, when you go to the park with your kids and your wife and people see this family that's being transformed by the love of God relating, do you always just feel blessed and feeling so grateful that you have such a joyful family? Mm, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Oh, yes. That definitely certainly plays out at the park. And it doesn't mean that we don't go to the park anymore. It does mean that we're more wise with the fallout of that envy after the fact. Where you're like, oh, okay. We're feeling like the sum doesn't actually make sense with the parts of our day. When there's usually something that we're missing, be like, well, we did this, we did that. And then like the kids started acting crazy. And we started doing it like we started getting nitpicky with each other. And oh my gosh, we just started feeling like genuinely horrible. Like I like, wait, okay, that doesn't make sense for what's going on today. There's another factor. What else could this be? The envy one isn't always super easy for me to identify, truthfully. That's one that like it takes a little bit of working backwards and and fleshing things out and then going, oh, okay. I'm willing to think this could be a category because there's definitely the part of my mind that goes, who are you to think you're walking around causing all sorts of envy? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, take a back seat. You're just another person. And to be like, oh, actually, like I've forgotten that to be a group of people to be a family that are laughing and enjoying each other is actually incredibly rare. Well, here's another way we saw this playing out is we stopped sharing stories from our like vacations because we started feeling horrible afterwards, not out of guilt and not even out of like the most amazing vacation ever. It was just like, Hey, we went to this place and we camped and it was good and we enjoyed each other. And it was, it was evoking such envy and hatred. It was like, oh, I'm not going to share that with you anymore because I don't actually want you to be hating me and envying me. That's just not worth the cost. Things we've talked about before. Yes. When my friends are going through seasons where they're getting counseling, one of the most incredible things that happens in almost every case is that the counselor has to tell them about gifts they have. Just point out to them and go, that must be more difficult because of your profound gift of empathy. And the person going, huh? <laughs> like, huh? Right? Or that must be hard because you have such a close friendship with your two dear friends and people really notice that and go, what? But to go, <laughs> we've said this before, everyone else sees your glory. You display a part of God's heart. No one else in the world does. It is patently obvious to the kingdom of darkness and to other human beings. You're the only one who doesn't see. Maybe that's to your benefit. Maybe it would be distracting to you, but you need to know you actually are glorious. And I'm going to take back the, the distraction thing. I'm just going to say, uh, in most cases, you just will miss 
the ways that you're glorious. You won't think, oh man, people must be envying me or judging me for something. They are. And as a very regular practice in a spiritual sense, I find it helpful to cancel the judgment of strangers, to claim the blood of Jesus as sufficient to annul the impact of their judgment. And 10 days or so ago in the middle of lockdown, we did uh, a family hike outdoors. We went to an open area nearby, and it was a space where you're not going to get within 30 feet of people on this massive, like, open field trail system. And so we were not wearing masks to go on a walk with each other near no one. And when we got back in the car and came home and were sort of wrestling with an afternoon that felt really heavy, and we finally, hours later, sat down on the couch and went, when did this start? What is this? And bring into it, I'm going, for me, it started when we left the hike. And I went, huh. Mm. Oh my gosh. I think that this is the overwhelming judgment of the other hikers or the person who was mountain biking by themselves wearing a mask on their face. And I just went, okay, masks are important in many situations. And it may even be important in this one. But what I can tell you is for sure not good is the judgment, accusation, and hatred that you are harboring toward a family's decision to take a walk together without it and just went, wow, they're really, there's real judgment from people being expressed over a very small thing that's having an effect on my day? Lame. Right. And this is where it's just like, okay, if you haven't listened to the blessing and cursing one, go there. If you have, you know what we're talking about. And it's helpful to name that scenario to play out some of the other some of the ways that it does actually play out. Like it's not all, it's not all obvious. Sometimes it feels like surely not here. In fact, often it feels like surely, like, come on, what? And then you just look at the fruit of it. Like, yes, there's often those places. I mean, you heard a bit of my frustrated back and forth just now of like, well, maybe that is important and it could be important right now and go, oh, this is important. And, you know, to cancel people's judgments, you don't have to have been right. And, you know, in that instance, I don't know that it was right to take a hike as a family without wearing masks. But I actually know that where Jesus intervenes is like, is he cancels the claims legitimate and illegitimate and go, yes, even if I was really wrong, I don't have to live under your judgment because of the cross of Christ. And I don't have to somehow like embrace it because of shame. And this is helpful because sometimes when we're under warfare, it is because of like a blow it where, you know, let's take a light example. Say you were at conversation with extended family and or immediate family, and you really mishandle the conversation. And later, and you're praying, and Jesus tells you directly or through a friend, this is resentment. This is the resentment of your family for that. Uh, you could go, well, great. Well, yeah, no, I did blow it. I handled that totally poorly. And when instead, the relief of Jesus is to go, yep, I did. And actually, Jesus chose to intervene 
to cover that so they don't have to live under the consequence forever. And also, he's going to give that person what they need in spite of my failure to do so anyway. So they will be okay too. And no, nope, mm-hmm. I don't have to be right to escape the consequences of envy and judgment. Okay, so I do come back to almost that metaphor of like the, it'd be really helpful if we could just have like the obvious list of, I'm feeling this way. Is it this? Am I, have I been poisoned? Am I low on stamina? Did I not sleep? Like I still ask myself through these all the time. And it is really helpful to once again, like go back and look and remember I am part body, but I am part spirit. I am part soul. I am part mind. I have these distinct categories that are laid out. And if I neglect them or things are able to affect them, I'm actually going to have a really hard time understanding why I'm feeling the way I am. And it's not going to give me the right tool. Ibuprofen is a very helpful tool, but it is not the only tool. Yeah. It's so good to go. I am learning to live as a being who is a body and a soul and a spirit and to diagnose the various parts of that experience and Whatever your context is, one of those will be overemphasized. For most of us in the West, it's the body. And so it could be different somewhere else. But here, we really have to tune in and go, oh, okay, well, yep, Jesus, what what with my body? I do need to think about that. And what in the rest of my spiritual experience do you want to remind me about that is creating this difficulty for me? 